Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I'm Shelby, your host, and today I'm joined by Mo Hamill from Lash Out, and she's also the co-founder of Lash Bash. In this episode, we talk about salon ownership and lash community, so stick around and here we go. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so um, you drove all the way in from Houston this morning. Yes. And I just want to get started with um, letting all the listeners know how you got started in the lash industry because you've been in it a long time. I think longer than me. Yeah, quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, so my background is actually salons, mm -hmm. hair salons. I don't do hair. Um, <clears throat> I kind of fell into a receptionist role when I was 19 and quickly led into the business side of running salons. And, um, like who I am at heart is a business person. Mm -hmm. That's, I love that stuff. And I don't know why my voice is now doing this. So sorry. Um, so after that salon, I went on to open a couple other salons with friends, um, always doing the business never doing hair or anything like that, never a service provider, just was like, I don't want to touch people. No. Mm -hmm. um, got my degree in business. And then at the very last hair salon I was at, lash extensions were starting to be talked about in the industry. What year was this? 2010. Okay. So um, we asked, because I was the manager, we asked a few of our lash artists like, hey, we'll send you to this class. You know, you can learn lash extensions and you can add it to the service. And all the hair artists were like, um, no, that seems hard. No, we don't want to sit in a spot all day long because, you know, hairdressers are liking, they like to move and do all the things. So um, they all said no. <laughs> and so my friend and I were the ones who were running the salon. Her parents technically owned it. And they were like, well, why don't y'all go learn? And she did hair. And I was like, well, yeah, she can learn, but I do your numbers. Like, I don't touch people. And they're like, no, just, just go try. So went and did it. It was one of the hardest things I have ever done. It was a one-day class, which is crazy to me. I will say it's a company that's not around anymore, but I will say they were by the book. So they weren't skipping steps. They weren't. They were very much about isolation, all the key things you need to know about lashes. Um, but a day's practice of that was not enough, obviously. Yeah. Um, went home, thought about it and was like, do I like it? Do I not? I, could, I was very torn because I knew who I was already. And I always knew you're a business person. That's who you are. Then I started liking doing something different with my hands and producing where women felt more confident. Like I got that I understood the service side of things mm -hmm. that I never understood before. I always made the relationships with people by being the manager. Like I always had relationships with all the clients, but never that one-on-one -on -one relationship. So they put me in a room. They're like, go for it. Have fun if you want. And I was like, okay. Got to a point where I was like, okay, this is really hard, but I'm not going to let it beat me. Like I'm determined to figure this out. Um, found out years later, my glue was, um, expired, <sighs> had no idea. So I was doing full sets after full sets because nobody's were holding, but I was thinking it was me, had no idea. Um, there was nobody in the community then to ask questions to. Like, I remember 
obviously I was using the glue I was given. I remember reaching out to somebody who was probably like 15 miles away from me. And I was like, look, I just, I don't understand. I, I needed help. And she was like, dead silence. Like showed that she read my ask. message. <laughs> yes. And that's how I felt like, oh my God, I asked her a question. Oh, so it was very closed off. Nobody talked about anything. Nobody shared any. This is where I get my adhesives from. Because when we all first started, it was the adhesive. That's what's wrong. That's why you're not doing good lashes. Nobody went into the technique and all the other stuff of the artistry. So at that point, it was truly the adhesive. It was expired. It would stick and they'd leave and they'd literally just boop, within mm -hmm. a few days. So I was working for free. <laughs> um, and it got to a point where I fell in love with the one-on-one -on -one aspect of it. I fell in love with being in a room with a client and building that relationship. I fell in love with the instant gratification afterwards. I just, I fell in love with just being me in a room with a client. Mm -hmm. And obviously the results. I, I do like steady. I do like repetition. I liked it. I didn't think I would, but I did. Um, and about two years after lashing while I was there, I was managing running the salon plus lashing. So I would work till midnight sometimes. I would just, anything I could do to get clients in. I got to a point where I was like, I'm done. I don't want to manage a salon anymore. I don't want to be responsible for anybody else. I just want to be responsible for me and my clients. And um, it was hard because it was a, I was best friends with the owner's daughter. So we were best friends and partners. Um, but it was time. It was time. I was exhausted from doing the salon stuff that I was like, I'm ready to go by myself, mm -hmm. you know. So I think I met you in 2013. So you were fairly new. I was like brand new. Um, I actually learned how to do lashes in 2011, but okay. I like finished beauty school and all of that in 2013. So that's when I started doing it full time. Yes. And um, I think that's whenever you probably must have gone off on your own too. Cause yes, like you I'd just gone off on my own. Mm -hmm. Right. So at what point did you say, I want to bring in a team? Because that's <laughs> not the easiest thing either. No. So you took another leap. Yes. So um, within three months of being by myself and loving every minute of it, I was like, people always think work for yourself. You don't have a boss. I don't know. I'm an empath and I want to make everybody happy and I have anxiety. Um, my clients are my boss. So... You think you don't have a boss, but you do. You're still trying to please everybody. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good with my clients. I know how to have that relationship. I'm not like it was just perfect for three months. But I was also working around the clock. Um, I had just gotten married. We didn't have kids. And my husband was like, do what you got to do to get to where you want to be. And I said, OK, I just want to be book solid and be done. That's it. That's my goal. I don't I'm good. I'm good in my little suite. And three months into it, I was working crazy hours, but I was happy. I mean, I had all this money saved because I wasn't doing anything to go spend it. I was working. Mm -hmm. And um, I got a call from a new client, potential client. And I told her, I said, hey, I have a three-month wait. I can put you on my list. And she yelled at me, like, what kind of business are you running? What? I mean, like, I had never been attacked like that over the phone by some. I, I was just like. I don't understand why she's yelling at me. And she was like, 
what kind of business is this? your business isn't going to last. She just kept coming at me. And I was like, ma'am, there's only one of me. And, and I'm already working seven days a week, 12 hour days, if not more, like there's only one of me. And she was threatening me and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, okay, I, this isn't what I, everything was great. So I got home that night. And of course my husband was like, babe, it's okay. You know, she's having a bad day. She took it out on you. You're doing great. That's a good sign. She should have saw it as if you're that booked, you're worth waiting for. People don't see that. Um, Not everyone. No. Some people do. Some people get it. And I love those clients who are like, wow, congrats. You're booked out that far? Mm -hmm. I'll wait for you. And if you have a cancellation, add me. Because, you know, we have clients like that now. In, in, in hindsight, do you wish you would have just, like, raised your prices? or At that point, yes. Because I had no – it was three months on my own. So, really right. – You're brand new to business. I was brand new to the yeah. – I knew business – but I was still new to lashes because mm. I had the lash training, but there was nobody to talk to you about the lash training. There was nobody to talk to you about raise your price, prices. There was nobody guiding me along the way. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what you do. I mean, in the hair industry, it's funny. I knew in the hair industry what you do. But when it came to lashes, I was like, do you raise your prices like that? Do you change your hour? Do you, you know, what do you do? Thinking about it now, I probably should have raised my prices. Mm -hmm. But I did, but maybe not high enough. Um, and because I was new, I felt like people expect it to have a lower end price. Oh, yeah. You know, because, oh, you've only been here for three months. And not that my prices were low, but um, I went home that night super upset. I posted on Facebook, and I was just venting to my friends. And I was like, can't believe I got yelled at today by a lady who – just wanted her lashes done, but she didn't understand that I was booked. And one of my friends got on there and was like, sounds like it's time to expand. And I remember going, huh, no, I just got here. Like, I just got away from managing people. I just got away from that. Like, I'm in heaven. I'm just managing myself and my clients. This is lovely. Because that I was worn out on managing people. Mm -hmm. You know how it is. It's exhausting. It's it it's a lot of work, and people don't realize that. A lot of people think, I'll go work for myself, then I'll open my own salon, and it'll be easy. I'm like, it's not as easy as people think. Um, so I was very hesitant and against it. I was like, I'm not, no, it's just been three months. I'm not supposed to expand yet. And my husband being the pusher that he is, he's the person who jumps off the ledge without thinking about it, and I'm the one sitting there dangling my feet going, yeah, no, you got to wait a little bit. He kept pushing and pushing. And um, he was just like, so if you want it to expand, let's go drive around the city and see if there's anything you'd even find. And I always knew there was this one house inside of a park. And it was the park that we got married in. And there was this one house. And I was like, I always wanted a home to do lashes out of where it was cozy and it felt cozy. I didn't want it to be like doctor's office cold or I don't know. I just didn't want it to be like that. Sorry. You're okay. Was was this a place that I rented whenever I was training? Mm -hmm. That was such a cute place. I loved that place. That and then was it, my favorite. Okay, sorry. I know what happened yeah. to it. Okay, keep going. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, that house was owned by an insurance guy, and my husband just kept going, let's just go and talk to him. 
You went mm-hmm. to go talk to the insurance guy. Went to go talk to the insurance guy who owned the house. And he had had that house forever and just never found the right person that he wanted in it. And so my husband and I walked in. We talked to him about it. We explained to him, like, we would want <clears throat> a lash studio here. And there had been multiple businesses in that house before, but I had no idea. I just thought it was a vacant house where an insurance guy worked out of. And he something he said something in him recognized something in me. And he was like, you're the first person in years that I'd be willing to rent to. And I was like, really? That's and so my husband was like, see, it's a sign. It's a sign. And I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So... He, it was 3,200 square feet, had it upstairs. And so, of course, coming on, I was like, look, I'm not ready for this big old house yet. And he was like, perfect. The upstairs will be a CPA's office. It's my friend. I'm going to rent it out to them. Y'all won't even, you're good. I was like, okay. So waited till my lease was up in the suite that I was at. By the time I even opened, before I even opened my doors, I had four girls ready to work for me. Wow. Um, Why do you think that is? Because you just were getting more popular in the community with your services or? I want, you know, I wonder that. I do feel like I was getting more popular in the community. And I do think, like, I know one girl like sought me out. Mm -hmm. She, I was friends of friends of hers and she sought me out to get her lashes done with me. And she was a makeup artist. And then started talking lashes with me and was like, well, I would work for you. Mm, I had friends who were hairdressers and they were like, well, I'll learn lashes and work for you. I'll come on with their journey, you know. And so it was weird. It just, I didn't have to hire. I didn't have to go looking. People were just like coming to me. And I was like, okay, this must be a God thing where it is time to expand. People are coming to me. I'm not having to look. And we can make it happen. Mm -hmm. So... A year after my lease was up in the suite, we moved into the house and it ended up turning in because I kept praying for a lash studio. I was like, I just want to be the first lash studio in Friendswood. That's all I want to be. And months later, it turned into a full salon. We had lashes, hair, makeup, esthetician, masseuse. The only thing missing was nails. And I remember complaining to my husband. And I was like, this isn't what I wanted. And he looked at me and he was like, God gave you more than what you wanted. How do you not see that? I was like, oh, oh, okay. You know, sometimes you just need those people to shut you up and be like, step back. Look at your vision. It's bigger than what you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And so it was great. I mean, we had a great group of girls. Um Everybody got along. It it was just fun. Like the energy in the house was fun. And I, from going from hair salons to a lash studio where you're supposed to be quiet and calm, even though we were quiet and calm, we had the hair girls, we had the masseuse, we had, it was just a fun environment. And that's That's the whole reason I went to work for a hair salon was the environment pulled me in. Like Mm -hmm. there's no other environment than a beauty salon. So... That's how I got there. <laughs> um, so how long were you there before so the we thing were there. happened? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, let me think. That was 2013 So and 17. So four years, almost wow, four years. Okay. And I think I rented that space like 
two times. Couple times, yeah. Because yeah, you were with Sugar Lash. Lash Affair. You were with Lash Affair. That's mm-hmm. right. Allison was with Sugar Lash, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. So yes, so yes, you were with Lash Affair and you were doing trainings. Mm-hmm. So uh, 2017, then. Mm-hmm. 2017. What happened? Um. We were hit by Hurricane Harvey. Um, so a little backstory. My son had been born five weeks early, and he was born um, March 24th. I always want to say the date he was due, but I'm like, no, not that date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was born March 24th. He was in the NICU for five weeks. Um, he came home sick, but luckily, literally the day we were leaving, they realized that they never tested him for hyperthyroidism. They test all babies for hypo. But they never tested him for hyper. Six months before I got pregnant, I had my thyroid removed because I was hyperactive. Mm. And we couldn't regulate it with medicines. So for those five weeks that we were in the NICU, they were accusing me of using drugs. They were asking me what I was doing during my pregnancy. I mean, it was, I would get pulled outside constantly. Like, are you sure you weren't taking this? Are you, he's acting like he's um, a baby of an addict. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so I was like, I literally took aspirin five times during the whole pregnancy because I was scared to take anything. I didn't, I didn't take anything. Like, they were like, well, he seems like he's coming off something. I'm like, check my blood. Like, I have nothing to hide. So... It was hard because they didn't know what was going on with him. They couldn't figure it out. I mean, at points they had him on morphine to calm him down. But the reality of it is his thyroid was off and he was uncomfortable in his own skin. Oh, my God. And so when I look back at pictures of him, like his eyes are huge. And I'm like, why didn't I see it? Like, that's a big sign of hyperthyroidism is your eyes get really huge. And like, why didn't I see it? Did I fail him? You know, you the mom guilt, you think about it, but. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with him. For a minute there, they thought my milk was poisoning him. I mean, it was like all over the place because nobody could figure it out. The very last day we were checking out, we were supposed to go home once. That didn't work. Then the second time we were going home, the doctor flipped over the paper and was like, Mom had a thyroidectomy. Has anybody checked him for hyperthyroidism? And I'm like, (laughs) five weeks later, you just turned the paper over? But at that point, I had prayed so hard for an answer because I didn't want to take him home with no answers. I was like, you're going to send me home with a baby and I know nothing of what's wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, I was relieved because I knew we had a plan in stepped. So he went home. Of course, I couldn't be at my salon a lot with being in the NICU, with all the other stuff going on. Um. I did find out that my two closest friends were actually trying to hurt my business while I was in the NICU with my son. Like, they were in there doing whatever they were doing. Um, Things were brought up to me later after the hurricane, of course. But he came home. I was trying, you know, that first, those first few months are hard. And Mm -hmm. then you come home with a sick baby who doesn't sleep at all. Right. He was the baby that the doctors were like, you can't let him cry it out. Wow. You have to hold him. There's no letting him cry it out. There's no walking away. You have to hold him. So, of course, that's what we did. Whatever the baby needed, we did. 
So, of course, me going in and out of the salon was very rare because <clears throat> I needed to be with him. And then Hurricane Harvey hit. And we lost our home, our cars, and the salon. Our home got up to five feet in one area. Really weird how the water sits. The salon got five feet. The salon house was older than our house because it was it was a really pretty house, but it was older. And it was in a park on a creek. So that got five feet. Like nobody could even get back to the salon to let us know what was going on. <clears throat> Somebody on a canoe sent me a picture. <laughs> they were wow. like, that's their salon. Wow. Um, and with Hurricane Harvey, everything just sat with the water because the water just sat. It had nowhere to go. So we couldn't get back into our house for like four or five days. Um, I think it took a week to even make it to the salon. I didn't have a car, so I couldn't get up there. So, yeah. Wow. And then, um, if I remember correctly, for a while you didn't reopen, right? No, yeah. I couldn't. Um, I had nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> it was interesting because, not interesting, I'm the only one out of anybody who worked in the salon that lost their home and their cars too. Oh, wow. Really strange. So all of my girls, every all the contractors as well who had like hair and what, did they lose their business stuff? Yes. And by all means, I'm not saying that's less than or whatever because that's that's your livelihood. But I was the only one who lost everything. Right. Like <clears throat> no car, no home, no diapers, no underwear. Like I didn't even, I look back at it now and I'm like, I packed my pump, my breast pump and baby stuff and diapers. I didn't even pack underwear for myself. We got to where we were saved and rescued. And I was like, oh, I'm in pajamas. These shoes got to go. I have no underwear. (laughs) Well, my baby's taken care of, you know, and what was a big eye opener was that those people who I thought were my friends, they weren't. They, um, not one of them offered to bring my son diapers. Not one of them offered anything. They, for lack of a better word, half-assed did, you know, in little ways. But um, no, they weren't there for me at all. And so today, now I know that was God moving people out of my life Mm -hmm. because I would have kept them not knowing. It's like that saying, God hears what you don't hear, so he gets them out of your life, you know? And so... Now I know there was a lot going on that I didn't know about, and he just cleared it, cleared the slate for me. Um, but because I didn't have a car, I couldn't get to the salon to see. I didn't even have a checkbook to write checks, and the girls were like, well, where's my check? And I'm like, "I can you give me a ride to the bank so I can go get checks? I, I don't know what, I understand people have to make money, and I, I wasn't holding anything back, but it was like, you haven't even offered to give me, get me diapers or pick up anything or ask if I need anything, but yet you want your check and I can't even leave the house I'm stranded in. Mm -hmm. So I heard there was like a rumor that I wasn't paying my girls and I'm like, (laughs) okay. Yeah. You know, and and I'm sure like you would have appreciated just like being approached a certain way just because you just lost literally everything you have um and it sounds like it wasn't your intention to like not go that way but yeah yeah 
Um, no, I mean, I remember because my husband, I don't remember what, I think he was at work and I was like, I need to get a checkbook. I need to get some temporary checks to pay the girls. Like I have to do these things. And he was like, I understand. As soon as I get home, you can use the cart. Well, by the time he got home, the bank was closed. Mm, yeah. So my parents who were also with us, they lost all their vehicles. So it was just like, uh, I was a sitting duck. Mm-hmm. There was not, nobody offered to help in that sense of, hey, I'll take you to the store. Hey, let's go get this. What do you need? I mean, I remember trying to get a ride to the salon to see what it looked like and meet up with the girls. And two of the girls drove right past me and didn't even offer me a ride. Like drove right past where I was staying. And I'm like, what am I missing here? So honestly, in losing everything and all that, it was the biggest heartbreak because you see people's true colors. But also it was the biggest eye-opening experience because God was moving people so I wouldn't have to. Right. You know, like I can I can accept that now. And the hardest part during the hurricane was the hurt of being betrayed mm-hmm. by people. So you um, eventually reopened and mm-hmm. you now have another salon and stuff. How long did that take you to like, you know, want to do this over again? <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> um, so we were closed for probably about a month. And since I was the only one who lost my home, my cars, everything, I was like, okay, I have my family over here who needs a place to live and needs a vehicle. And then I have my girls who need a place to work. God, where, what, do I, what comes first? Because, of course, my heart goes out to other people, not just myself. So I wanted to help them. So in between all that, I was shuffling, trying to find, like, open leases that we could just rent for a little bit. I was doing as much as I could. But then here's all this at home that's not happening. I need to be there for my baby. I need to work with the insurance. I need to do all that. So... I just, I had asked God and I was like, what comes first? And he was like, your family, your family comes first. You need to focus on you. And so the girls didn't, as much as I want to say they understood, I think they felt like, oh, well, you're not even trying to make this work. Even though I was, they want it to be put first. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I think, why did you want to be put first if you were doing all this stuff behind my back? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess I'll never know that one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I remember just saying, okay, I got to focus on this. And then I had a couple of friends reach out and they were like, hey, we have a one room here that one of your girls can work out of. Or we have one room here that one of your c- girls can work out. So as people would offer, I'd go check out the places and just be like, is it worth it? Is it not? One girl stayed with me out of everybody that I lost. Because I think I had six lash artists, <clears throat> all the masseuse the hairdresser, we were all trying to stay together, but that didn't work. So um, we were in three different locations. The one girl that stayed with me, she was in three different locations until about a month into it. Dr. Jackson, who is where we are now, Revive Med Spa, she offered a room and they were literally within walking distance of where we were. Mm -hmm. And so she offered a room And I just kept saying, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if this is what I meant to do. I don't know if I'm supposed to continue lash out. I don't know if it's supposed to redo, build, like, that's starting completely over again. Is this what I'm going to do? Do I have it in me? And I just kept telling God, I don't know. I don't know. Just if that's where I'm going, I trust you. That's where I'm going. Okay. And so it just kept building and building. And then we got to where we had 
three lash girls plus myself <clears throat> and revive was expanding and they asked me to expand with them. And so that's how we are where we are now. We have our sign outside. We have the three big rooms and then the waiting area. Cool. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Very blessed. Very mm -hmm. thankful. Like it was interesting because the doctor, she lost her home. Mm. I mean, they refixed it. Our home was completely gone, but she did. She flooded at home, her cars and her business, too. So she knew exactly what I was going through. So beyond blessed that she would even thought of me to reach out to me. She had just become a client of ours a few months before <clears throat> Hurricane Harvey. So when she reached out, I was like, thank you so much. Thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah. And now we're bigger. Everything's going great. Trucking along. <laughs> That's great. Um, so I wanted to kind of shift gears and talk about just a community within our mm -hmm. lash industry. Mm -hmm. um, something that you mentioned at the beginning wasn't really prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, I remember that too. I remember um, you couldn't ask people what they used and mm -hmm. um yeah. So it's, like it's forbidden. It's changed so much. Mm -hmm. I think it's almost the exact opposite. People yeah. are so helpful now and um we see a lot of community events and stuff. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about your perception of community in the lash industry and um where you think it's going yes, now? Yes, of course. I remember so like I said, when I started there was no community at all. There was the girl who down the road for me who did them and she did not speak to me she did not nothing like I couldn't even get her to talk to me and I was like does she still do lashes and does she still act like that you know I don't even know interesting I know she was doing them out of her house so I don't know if like she was protective of that but hmm. from what I t was told like her house was nice and set up and that everything was separate from the house so mm -hmm. but I just was like I need a friend to talk to and ask questions and I think with that <clears throat> that's why I've always been so open. If anybody ever reaches out to me, I'm like, yeah, this is what I did. This is not what I did. This is, that mm -hmm. didn't work for me, you know? Um, and it's funny because when I was thinking about it last night and I was like, who was one of the very first persons I talked to in the Lash community? And it was Allison. I actually DM'd her about something. I don't remember what, but she didn't snuff me off. She was like, yeah, I love this adhesive and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Allison, she'll just talk about it. And yeah, she's so nice. She, yeah. She's very helpful. And she helped a lot of people, a lot of people. get their start. Yes, a lot mm -hmm. of people. Um, With not a lot of credit for it either. And that's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah. Um, so her and I just, we became friends over social media and we talked. And then that's how I went and took um, I Love Lash Teresa Smith's volume class. Um, but just reaching with her and being like, okay, p some people are starting to open up and it was all on social media. I felt like social media was like forbidden. Like you'd post two week retention and people buy what glue, what glue, what glue. And the person would never answer. I'm like, why wouldn't you tell them the glue? Do you think it was because they were trying to sell a training or a product or? No, it was just a lash artist who didn't want to share. Yeah. Because it was never back. a product. I guess you're right. It, it was never a product who posted it. It'd be a lash artist who'd be like, look at my retention. And then they want it. was almost like they wanted all the what glue, what glue, what glue. And they'd leave all the answers blank. And I'm like, 
you're asking for it by saying this this much, but not giving it. And it just, it leaves a dirty taste in your mouth. Like, why wouldn't you be open to right. talking to people? And I think also the other thing with that is um, talking to my husband about lashes is completely, I don't, it's a whole nother level exp- trying to explain it to him. Will he listen? Yes. But talking to a lash artist about lashes, it's like, oh, the clouds have opened. You both understand each other, mm-hmm. you know, like the things that other people don't understand. So mm-hmm. with me, that's all I had ever wanted was especially not having it at the beginning. I just wanted people to talk to about lashes, people to troubleshoot with, people to go, did you ever have a client who did this? You know, just random stuff like that to know that you're not alone in this. Because when I first started, it felt very lonely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if with you. Yeah. It just, there was nobody to talk to. And you're following all, and that's when Instagram was blowing up. And you're following all these accounts, but they don't want to share anything that they're doing. Right. So. So you and Wednesday started um, Lash Bash. Mm-hmm. Is, so is it Lash Bash Texas or Lash Bash whatever you want to call it (laughs) so you guys probably need to finalize that (laughs) y'all had the first one and was it in friendswood Uh yeah Mm -hmm. so um i attended that Mm -hmm. and it was so fun you guys did a great job um and it was just so uh simple and like yes and they're back yeah i loved that everyone really did get to mingle and and talk and everything so how did this come about? And um, I know you're planning more. So let's talk about that. So when Wednesday, so Wednesday ended up moving into Friendswood. She was in Clear Lake area and um, she moved into Friendswood, which I just Googled it the other day. It's 0.8 miles away from my salon. <clears throat> and she did one of the nurses that's in our the Revive Med Spa, she does her lashes. And I was like, your lashes are always so pretty. Da, da, da. And she's like, Wednesday, Wednesday. And then she told me that she moved to the area. And I was like, oh, good for her. She's like, yeah, she's right down the road. And I was like, okay, great. You know, like, I think she was nervous. Like, you're not going to be upset. And I was like, do you know how many lash people are down the road from us that we don't even know about because they don't post? Um, so I reached out to her on DM and I was like, welcome to Friendswood. How are you? Anything I can help with, we should have lunch, you know, whatever. Let's get together. Not knowing if she would, because some people are opposed to that. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we went to lunch and um, we both were talking about community and how the industry needs more community, needs more of this. And I had gone to the um, Borby Soiree, like literally right after the hurricane. So I needed something to like lift me up because I was like, is my business going to go? Is, yeah. I don't. And it wasn't even Borby. There were, I think, a few trainers there, but it was just being around lash artists made me feel like, OK, our industry is going to succeed. It's mm-hmm. going to be OK. Um, And so her and I got to talking about it. And she was like, I've always wanted to do a party where lash artists can just come and hang out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, me, too, especially after the Borby one, like. Let's just chill. And so we talked about it. Um, everything got closed down. <laughs> so we waited a year and we just full steam ahead with it. We really, we didn't know if it would work mm-hmm. just because of COVID. We were like, P- 
people aren't going to come. It was great. And there was like mm-hmm. swag bags. And I know that as it got closer to the event, um, you guys already were at capacity mm-hmm. and more people were like, hey, like, can yes. I come? Yes. I know it's today. Can I come? Yes. And you're like, no, I, like we don't have room. Like, yeah. I was like, we don't have room and we don't have extra swag bag. But like, that sorry. is amazing that yeah. you guys were able to knock it out of the park yes. the first time. Yes. And you're like, doing it again in yes. Utah, right? Going to Utah this time. When is um, it again? July 23rd. Okay. It's on Lindy's birthday. Oh, cool. It'll be at EBL headquarters. So I was like, that's the perfect day to have it. At first I was like, Lindy, are you sure you don't want your birthday to do something else? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, this would be so much That's fun. That's so Lindsay. So, yeah, I was like, are you sure you don't want to be with your family? She's like, no, this will be so fun. Yeah. I was like, okay, here we come. So, yeah. That's awesome. That. Mm-hmm. So exciting. I'm happy to see that, um, you know, Texas artists are doing something like that. It's really cool. It is, right? It is. And then, you know, we had so much feedback. I mean, once we had it, people were already messaging her and I. DMS going, how do we get you to come here? How do we get you to come do this? How do you? And so then that's where the ebook came from. Um, we were trying to do it together, but both of our schedules were just too hectic. So I was like, I'll just get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just the ebook that is how to throw your own lash bash. And we, I think like two people instantly got it and were already planning their lash bash. And I was like, why you did not waste any time? And they were like, you laid everything out for us and I was like well that was the plan they're like yeah I didn't think people I thought people would buy the book and then wait on it or sit on it and no people are like already planning lash bashes here and there and they're reaching out to us and I'm like that's awesome that is so good so yeah there's already one in Arizona there's one in California no Arizona Oregon Oregon that's so cool yeah um I also wanted to ask you so we've been talking about salon ownership a lot um what are some of the biggest like epiphanies and lessons you've learned as an owner um, that has gotten you to where you are today? Oh, so many lessons. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think honestly, take everything with a grain of salt. Um, I take everything to heart Mm -hmm. and I get my feelings hurt a lot because I feel like I invest in my people so much that they may not necessarily be investing back into not necessarily me, but my business. Like I've said before, nobody's going to love your business the way you love it. You're just not going to find a person who will love your business the way you love it. Um, So when you said take everything with a grain of salt, mm -hmm. um, I kind of see things like just people in general, we never know like what they're carrying and going through and stuff. And so it'd be easy to take it personal. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, you realize like it is your business. Like, of course, you're going to care about it. Yes. Like most. Mm -hmm. But I think the key is like finding people that you genuinely enjoy spending time with and um, that want to be there. Um, Yes. Yeah. I've had several conversations in the last several years that I'm like, hey, you really don't need to be here. Yeah. Uh, You don't want to be here. Don't be here. Yeah. And in the nicest, most respectful way, I mean that. But. Um, you know, you just, it's, it makes, you know, the work environment and just life so much easier whenever people are just happy to be there and they want to do it. Yeah. And I actually don't expect much from, from anyone too, because like you said, like it, it, that would just hurt 
me. Yes. yes. Um, but I feel like releasing expectations and just being open and loving myself like mm-hmm. ends up being the best way and I feel better. Yeah. And um, so it sounds kind of like you, you feel the same. Yeah. You got to be who you are. And, you know, my husband, there was a point when, um, long story, my husband's twin brother was helping me um, just check out clients and stuff at a time. And he is very harsh and hard. And Mm. he came home one day, he was living with us and he was like, you're too soft. You need a man up. You're not putting your foot down. You're this, this, and this, and this, and you need to stop. You're letting these girls take all over you, da, da, da. And my husband looked at him, and he was like, do not change her. Do not change her. That is what makes her successful. That is what makes her her. That is what keeps her employees with her because she does care. She does care for them. She empathizes with them. She don't make her hard. And I was I was sitting here watching them go back and forth, and I'm like, which one am I supposed to be? And my husband, of course, later was like, the reason they work for you is because of who you are. You love your people. You you do truly care. Do you care too much that you get hurt? Yes, but that's part of life. Like, don't put a wall up because there was a point where I was like, I'm done caring. I'm done caring. And he was like, but that's not you. And that's not who you were made to be. Mm-hmm. You were made to care. And what what people take of that is on them, not you. Right. You brought to the table you, and if they took a whole other different version of it, then that's on them. Mm-hmm. That you can't, you can't carry what they carry. Right. And I think, you know, people are gonna stay where they feel good and they know that they're learning and mm-hmm. they're growing. Um, I think a lot of men tend to think. Oh, I could I could do that. Mm-hmm. All you need to do is this, this and put your foot down and, mm-hmm. and all that. And it's that's not really how anyone no one wants to work for someone no. like that. Um, no. no one wants to be in that kind of environment no. because, quite frankly, they could just pack their bags and go do something else yep. like that. Mm-hmm. And people are not going to especially in our industry, I think. Yes. Um, and so I do think mm-hmm. that you you need to care and you need to have a heart and you need to pour into mm-hmm. the people that you work with. And also I think a lot of salon owners say a lot of like, it's more about themselves and like, I have this many people mm-hmm. working for me and they're mine and how dare she leave me. And really everyone needs to realize that this is, you are just a part of their journey. Mm -hmm. Like they probably won't be there forever. Mm -hmm. Just enjoy the time you, Mm -hmm. yeah. Enjoy the time you have with them now and just love them where they're at. Um, Because if you're holding on to it and trying to control everything, it doesn't tend to work, work. you know, Mm -hmm. it won't work. And that's the other thing is you have to realize as a business owner, nothing lasts forever. No, rarely will an employee stay with you forever. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. I mean, I never stayed. Obviously, I'm here. I never stayed with any of my employees forever. Did I give them long years? Yes. But usually people want to move on to different chapters of their lives. We are part of their journey. We are here to feed into them. Even if they leave us, it's so it's going to be okay. We were fine before they came. We will be sad when they leave. But we don't own people. Just the same with clients. We don't own clients. If no. they leave 
and their client wants to find them, I am not going to say no. <laughs> like I don't own a person. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how people work like that. But it is, it's eye-opening because my husband is like that. He's like, you just need to accept that you're in an industry where people want to learn from you. You are that person up there. You are that person that people aspire to be. And they want to learn from you and be better. So why wouldn't you be happy when they go out on their own and they do be better? You know, because there's times when that happens. Um, as long as it goes accordingly, you know, as long as things aren't done behind your back or something. Yeah, I can absolutely applaud yep. people who do that. Yeah, there's such a right and wrong way to do to do those things. Yeah. And yeah, you don't have to be sneaky. You don't have to be an asshole. Just yeah, like just it, let it be that. Yes. And um, I totally agree. And I think it's it's kind of sucks when um, I think salon owners get a bad, you know, and people start to assume like I have to make it go this way mm-hmm. um, or it has to be ugly. And then you don't get the opportunity to yeah. see them through on the next part of their journey um that kind of sucks but it it comes with it I will say majority of people that I've shared this journey with um I'm still friends with like I'm going to I have my birthday dinner tonight and like several people that are currently and formerly working alongside me are going to be there and um it doesn't yeah it doesn't have to end or be ugly Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. just because it's transition transitioned or shifted a little bit yes Tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow is my birthday. birthday. (laughs) I'm going to be 31 and I'm so happy to be getting older. I don't know. Do you feel like that? I did. Yes. But now I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) how old are you? Now I'm over the hump. (laughs) 43. What? I I love your reaction. That's crazy. (laughs) I think I've, you've told me that before, but I was, I thought 37 or something. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you look <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so I usually ask every guest. Um, I'm sure I've forgotten some guests. So, But I usually <laughs> ask every guest, what is their favorite failure? Was it the Hurricane Harvey? I think it was. I think because of the light that I was shown, like, I really didn't think I'd have a salon after that. Mm-hmm. And then just recently somebody else asked me this question and I said, two days after the storm, everybody was underwater and the salon phone got a call and it was a lady and she was like, I need to get in for lashes. I need to get in for lashes. And I was like, ma'am, we are underwater. Gosh. And she had no clue, no clue, but she had been hounding the salon phone. So finally I answered it thinking it was an emergency and a lash emergency. It was apparently. And she was like, well, if I had scuba gear and I'm like, you know what? At least she's funny about it. And it hurt me at first that she wasn't considerate. She had no clue. People live in their own lives, and I can't hurt, like, what's the word? I can't um, punish her for that. Mm-hmm. And so now looking back, I think it's hilarious that she wanted her lashes done and we were underwater, and that should have been my sign, like, you are going to make it. People still want to come in. Yeah. And she was a new client. She wasn't even a regular client. She was like, no, I've heard of y'all. I really need to get in. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, uh, water? <laughs> So your experience with Hurricane Harvey, Mm -hmm. how did that set you up for what we all went through with COVID? COVID. You know, it's so funny because you think you'd be prepared, but nothing 
Nothing can prepare you. That's the thing, like with COVID. And it also, what people don't understand as a business owner, you have your employees freaking out and you have to be the sound piece of advice for them. You have Mm -hmm. to be the one going, it's okay. It's okay. But inside you're like, holy shit, everything's going to fall apart. Oh my God. You know, like I wasn't doing that, but I was like, hold on. I just got through Harvey. Now we're having shutdown. Now I have four girls going, Mo, Mo, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I'm like, there's nothing I can do. Mm-hmm. Let me, am I applying for the PPP? Am I doing this to help pay y'all? Absolutely, because I care. But I really, I sat there again and I was like, okay, here we go. What are we going to do? And when we reopened the doors, I handed it to God and I literally said, all right, here we go. This is if we're going to make it or not. And we were the busiest we had ever been. Ever, ever in my life, it was the busiest we had ever been. Mm -hmm. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Like, I don't know where you, and it was all new clients. That's awesome. Because our regulars were like, we're, you know, we're still trying to make money. We're working from home. We this and this and this. And so it was crazy, crazy busy. I loved reopening and getting to do all the full sets. And that was a really cool time because we all got to see what we were missing. and, And appreciate it. Yep. It was good for the burnout because people were, I feel like it was a force break that the whole world needed, honestly. Yeah, it was. And it was a cool perspective shift for a lot of people as well. And um, there were some like silver linings in COVID, how like it was terrible for so many people. And I know people who have lost loved ones and yeah it's so tough um and then also just like the financial stress and do you remember how like uncertain it was like you would literally be like looking at the news every time remember it was like every day yes and And i feel like we forget how traumatic it was just to be waiting on the president to say something open Um, not open this yeah oh it was crazy and then i think at some point you know, you stop trying to like control and figure out answers and you just are like, I got to let go. And then you let go and you enjoy it a little bit. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. it's like, okay, well, we can open on this date and okay, let's start planning and getting back to it. It was such an interesting time, but it was really cool to see everyone's like, um, how they responded to it. Yeah. I definitely think people needed to, I think the world needed to slow down. Mm -hmm. And I think, Everybody just needed a break that they didn't know they needed. I think also for our industry specifically, it was um, it it brought us all like itching to get together. Yes. And yes. Um, I did the Lash Boss Conference virtually, but and then I plan to do it this month yes. actually uh, for this year. But I'm moving it to 2023 April. Okay. Around the time I was supposed to start announcing it. Um, Omicron, Omicron, yes. whatever the heck, yes. <laughs> was crazy. Yes. And again, everyone was like, what's going to happen? Everyone Freaking got out. COVID. I got COVID. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is not a good time to mm-hmm. announce something like this. Like, who's going to spend their money when it's all possibly all going to yes. shit again? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I just decided to wait. But I'm excited to now, like, I think it'll be an even better event Absolutely. next year. But it'll be in Austin. So. Yay! I'm so excited for that. And then LashCon is at the end of this year. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. Yeah. Such a good event. And then I'm going to yours. I'm going to Lash Bash, which is a day. It's just one single day, right? Just one single day. And then 
it's more of a social event yes. than totally there's social. no speakers it's mm-hmm. just let's all get together yes. and it is so fun yes so if anyone can like, make it out yes really please come it just you know with that we as much as you guys are our celebrity lash crushes and stars <laughs> we want y'all to be able to have a good time too mm-hmm. and that's what lindy kept saying she was like I didn't have to work. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah cuz every event you go to, you're working, you're either selling, you're either talking, you're you know, and yeah. she was like, it was just so nice to just be. Yes. And like be with lash artists that I don't get to socialize or talk to when yes. I'm at these events. Every time I'm at an event, there's some level of anxiety mm-hmm. and nerves that I have because I'm either about to speak or I'm replaying what I just said on yes. stage. Yes. And then this, the, whenever I went to yours, I, I, I didn't have any of that Yay, because it was good. just normal and chill, just hanging out with people I haven't seen in a long time yeah. and meeting new people. And it was really cool. So I'm really excited for Yay. Lindy's. I love Utah too. Yeah. So. See, I haven't been, so I'm really excited. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm really yeah. excited. Um, yeah. So we're doing that. Um, I know Wednesday and I were talking about other places, like other people have reached out and they're like, come here, come here. And I'm like, I think we can only do one a year. <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to do Lash Boss Conference overseas at some point. Like, yes. yeah, I really am thinking about it. That Obviously, I need fun. to make sure the Austin one goes yes, well. It will. And then, you know, we, you know. Because the one online, there wasn't one before, right? Mm-mm. Okay. The, it was just the very first one was online. Yeah, I did two online. Yes. Um, and then both of those. skipping this year. Yes. And then we'll be really. So it will be in person next April. And um, I've been taking tours of like hotels and stuff yeah. to really see like the best one. But yes. I think I've decided on one and we have a date set. So Good. I'm touring it again, like looking at the actual little meeting rooms and mm-hmm. stuff too mm-hmm. on Thursday. So we'll see. Yay. Yeah. Good. It's, Good. It's exciting. But yeah, I think um, just everything we've all been through and how much the industry has changed and how much it's going into this direction of like, let's all share knowledge and have a community and friendship and relationships help Um, each other like it's it's so cool to watch from being in the beginning and you too you know you didn't see that before and now you see it all the time and I'm just like this is what it's supposed to be because even coming from the hair industry every hair salon down the road was competition to us it was never let me go reach out to that hairdresser. And I know that just because I was in it and I was like, well, wait, are they our competition? Or are they this? And with lashes, I'm like, why aren't we all just friends? Mm-hmm. I remember also in the very beginning when I was a little baby artist, I knew certain names in our industry and I would just get so nervous mm-hmm. to go and say something to them. Um, where in fact, like years later, I have the show and then one of them that I like, I know, from the beginning, they would come up and be like, oh, my God, I love your show. And I'd be like, what? You? so weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's just it's crazy because nowadays with events where people can get together and um, lash conferences specifically, mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity for you to meet. Yes. the people that you yes. love watching yes. on Instagram or whatever. Absolutely. Oh, and I wanted to ask you about your reels. What about my reels? <laughs> You've been making them. I feel like you make them every day. So do like you have a strategy? Too. Do you have goals for your reels? Like where, because you are one of the most active lash artists I see on reels, honestly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I Okay, so it started last year and I felt like, oh my God, I, got I don't like being on camera. I don't like my voice, blah, blah, blah. 
And I don't remember who I was following. It wasn't Lash Industry related, but they were like, just do it. Just try it. It'll be okay. Just try it. Post it. If you absolutely hate it, take it down. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I was like, you know, it got to a point where I thought people just want to see you look dumb, fall down the stairs, break a leg, and then get up dance. Like that's how it felt for a minute there. And then I started liking them. Like I actually enjoy doing them. My husband is, he makes fun of me because he's like, you're doing another video? And I'm like, yes, don't just go away. But it, you know, it was talked about through Instagram, like reels are your biggest thing right now. That's what they're pushing the most of. And so because of that, that's when I got into them. Mm -hmm. And I've, it's funny, I've gone through shifts of where I only did lash ones. And then I went into doing personal ones and the personal ones were the really, really fun ones because I could just be myself. And then I was like, okay, but let me get back to, you know, like I miss getting back to the lash. And I was like, well, let me see how I can help people with reels with lashing. So I've tried to niche down and focus on like the lash artist. So my reels are usually geared towards lash artists or our clients. So if it's for our clients, I'll share it on my personal or sorry, my business page. And if it's for lash artists, I'll share it on my personal. But I don't know. It just, once you get out of your shell, it's easier. Mm-hmm. It gets easier to where the point that I'm like, I want to do another reel. Do you aim for a certain <clears throat> amount a week or anything? I wish I could say I do, but no, I do batch. I'll spend like five hours doing reels back to back, like what? on a Sunday or something. Okay. So remember, I know people are like, you do what? <sighs> I can't lash right now oh, right. because of my right, hand. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going crazy because I just want to do lashes. Mm-hmm. So with that downtime, I've been working on social media. I've been working on the marketing. I've been working on all the behind the scenes stuff. And Reels had become a part of it that I'm like, okay, well, if I'm not technically taking clients, I can get in front of the phone and make some stupid Reels. Mm-hmm. And so I'll usually do like a five-hour window, usually when my son's at school or I just have the day to myself, which doesn't happen often. But <laughs> um, I mean, it's even gotten to the point where my son will jump in on some reels with me because he sees oh, me. He's cute. like, I want to be in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just batch them. Nice. And then like I'll save which ones I like or I think I could do or I think I could make them fit the lash world. And then I'll go in and I'll just I'll change clothes, whatever, because I'll do them out of my house right now. I won't even do it. I'll do some at the salon, but not a lot because yeah. I don't have a room right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I love that. I don't do them much and I think <laughs> about it all the time and I save all these audios and then I, the you trend is it. gone and I'm like, dang it, but I need to do it. See, and that's the other thing. They're always like, you got to be on the trend. And I'm, if I batch my reels on a Monday and the trend is over by Friday, then I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? Who cares? Okay. I get the trend is important. I, I do. But at this point, I'm just over post it. it. Yeah. If it's good content. It's good content and people will enjoy it. And if it's your following that mm-hmm. will enjoy it, then. It's just wild. Like the ones that I have posted, I'm like, that many views, that is insane. Yeah. Like I need to do this more. You and then do. I don't, but yeah, I need to. Yeah. No, you definitely do. And it it gets easier. And I cheat with filters. Yeah. Like I half the time I don't have makeup on. It's crazy. <laughs> These filters are really I try good. not to use the crazy, crazy ones because I'm like, I can't not look like myself. Mm-hmm. But like some days when I'm in the car picking up my son and there's a really easy one I just came across, I'm like, okay, filter. Mm. Hi. Mm-hmm. You know, something simple. But once you get into the habit of doing them, it really does become a lot easier and you start to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you. Of course. Um, so we're going to play a little game. Um, so the next video you guys are going to see is us playing Truth or Dab with hot sauce from Hot Ones. Um, it's really, we did it with Kristen. It was really fun. So we're going to do that. Um, so thank you so much for listening or watching on YouTube. Um, make sure to like and subscribe if you liked this conversation.